Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 8, Episode 2, A Thorough Accounting of Powers. The book, Star Trek and X-Men, Planet X, Chapters 3 through 5, with your hosts, Jeff and John. And, uh, really? I, uh, okay, engage! A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. Welcome back. It's me, Jeff, your host of the expanded novel universe of both Star Trek and X-Men, but not Star Wars. Never again. No more Star Wars. That's right. It's weird time to announce it, but... <laughs> weird to announce it at episode two of this, but uh, yeah, never again. Uh-huh. Next one's going to be uh, the expanded universe of Dune, and yeah. then we're going to do some of them X-Files books. Is there, would you say, an expanded universe of Dune, given that it's not being expanded from like... Normally, that would be like a movie's novelizations expanded oh. outside of the main continuity. You know what? I guess that's actually a fair question. Uh, they did wait for decades to start writing Dune books again, and and uh, Frank Herbert was long moldered into a skeleton by the time they started, and it was just his son trying to cash in because the stories are bullshit, and also, <laughs> he, also he summoned the presence of Kevin J. Anderson to help. Oh, no. Why would you summon that? Yeah, they, he turned the Butlerian Jihad into a robot fight. It was not a good idea. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say that, yes, those are expanded universe, because, you know, it's not bad enough that what happened to Dune over the course of its lifespan, where Herbert went vastly crazy by the end. It was like, space Jews, why not? Yeah. In, in a universe that was like, three billion years in the future. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, then to have someone else come along and be like, you know what, Dune could still be fucking up some, or, or still be fucking out some money, so let's just uh, make more of them. I guess, I guess you could do that. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna say that those those late period Dune books count as expanded universe content. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll go ahead and allow you to have it. Plus, they turned Paul Atreides into them into a, a very obvious uh, Kyle MacLachlan. Like they actually say it. His Kyle McLaughlin-y looks obvious. Paul Atreides did a thing. Uh, the way you're saying that really makes me think the character is Paula Atreides. And I'm like, oh, I want to see the adventures of Paula Atreides. <laughs> She's the Fremen that you call about round about noon when your hunger's poking at you, poking at you. God damn it. <laughs> Folks. <laughs> Folks, we read some pages of a book. By the way, that's John. I they know. <laughs> Everyone knows by now. You ain't got to introduce me ever. Uh, people can't even tell our voices apart still. Eh, fuck them. That's right, listeners. If you don't know who this is, it's Jeff. Fuck you. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> my precious identity. Oh, no. You've stolen my identity. It's the only thing I have. <laughs> God knows it's not money. Well, I guess I could just use yours in the meantime. Ah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't oh, want to do that. Oh, shoot. I'm sad. Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to start off right where we left off, because in the previous episode, uh, they were all having a big surprise party, party for Worf. A surprise party for Warf. <laughs> a party. <laughs> they were having a surprise Porky's viewing for Worf. <laughs> Man, how much do I want to see that? Just, like... Watching Porky's, but it's Riker who's like, you guys got to watch this. And then fucking like Data and Warfer, they're like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> but I could summon breasts in the holodeck whenever I wish to, Captain. <laughs> what is the purpose of this? Ah, uh, you guys don't appreciate the classics. <laughs> a person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. <laughs> Why do they not merely sacrifice him? <laughs> Uh, okay, so it's a surprise party for Worf, which he hates and which already happened twice on the series, but sure book, whatever. Hey, man, uh, it's tradition. It's tradition. You got to bug Worf. No one no one respects him at all on the, on the Enterprise. Yeah, he's the Rodney Dangerfield of the Enterprise. <laughs> it's still not as bad as on Voyager, where Neelix just called Tuvok Tuvok. Every time you call him Mr. Vulcan, I, I want to kill you. <laughs> I'll get a smile out of you yet, Mr. Vulcan. Uh, do you call anyone else on this ship by their species name, you racist? <laughs> yeah, everyone. Everyone. I'm Mr. Talaxian. <laughs> <Da-da-da>. 
Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, and this is my child bride. <laughs> she's one year old. <laughs> anyway. Unfortunately, I'll be the one written off the show. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, but uh, Picard had to leave because there was a call from an admiral and he has to go take the call. So he goes walking from the observation lounge to the bridge and on screens that shit. Hell yeah. So he has to go talk to Kashiwara. Admiral Kashiwara, which I think might be a guy that was actually on TNG fairly regularly, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I... The book gives a lot of time to the Admiral here and is like, oh, Picard seems to like know him and hey it's been a while since we talked yeah he studied tactics under this guy while at the academy yeah so i i'm not sure if this is an admiral that we should know or like the author just went and dug up some admiral that was like oh this was on an episode i'll use that yeah so they immediately say that this admiral uh what's his kashiwara 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 is of the old school, which means in this parlance that he spends most of his time with... Uh, he fills it up with a ton of pleasantries. Yeah, even though, like, superheroes have popped out onto a space station somewhere, he he's like, hello, Picard, how are you? Mm-hmm. How is, how's the, the, the ship? Does everyone... Is Troy, is Troy still wearing that stupid gray thing? <laughs> oh, she's got a regulation uniform now. <laughs> uh but I'm wondering what old school means in this context. I mean, this is set in like the 20, what, 23 or 24 70s? Yeah. 23. So let's assume this guy's been an admiral for like 20 years. That just means. I mean, of the old 50s. school might be I, like the same way that you could say someone was like, oh, yeah, they're they're real old school gentlemanly. Oh, yeah. Like they're they're acting like it's the Elizabethan period for no good reason. Yes. Like this guy's way too into Downton Abbey or something. Oh, yeah. But it'd be like <laughs> the space version of that. So it's like, oh, he's really into stuff from like 2100. <laughs> hey, Picard, we hope to see you soon for tea. <laughs> uh, but he's just goes through his pleasantries and then he's like well the uh, reason i'm calling you is because i have some guests who i think you might be i'm giving him a sulu voice i don't know why uh that you might be interested in meeting put captain sulu put captain sulu (laughs) john is referencing a boba fett toy i had as a child which you would press a button on it and it would say the only boba fett line that the people made the toy could think of put captain solo in the cargo hold uh which i would use to generate a rap yeah and I would do the exact same thing, but with a Venom action figure that had three things it would say, and it was, Die, Spider-Man, I want to eat your brains, and... <laughs> Once again, let me remind everyone that we didn't meet till we were in our 30s. Yes, but still, I would have a rap of just, Die, Spider-Man, die, Spider-Man, die, Spider-Man, die, Spider-Man, I want to eat your brains. <laughs> yeah, and I had put Captain Solo in the cargo hold, put Captain Solo in the cargo hold, put Captain Solo, put Captain Solo, put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. <laughs> They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. The hobbits, the hobbits, the hobbits. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I don't know why we're doing this. Uh, Kashiwata gets around to the point. He's like, we have some guests who say they know you. Could you come pick them up? Because they're a real problem. I was like, oh, well, who are they? Well, they said that you'd recognize them more by their aliases. <laughs> How much do you feel like the author of this book doesn't want to ever have to write down these characters' real names? How much is he just like, I am never going to write Aurora and Sean. Warren. <laughs> None of that is going to see the page. <laughs> Kitty. Like, I-, I have to imagine there has to be a point where someone says Logan just because... That's the only time you get someone's name, which is weird, given that it's not his name. I think Aurora comes up once, but it's ridiculous to have him be like, they, they, they say they're gonna, you're going to recognize their aliases more. Uh, Banshee, Storm, Wolverine. And I'm like, why are they doing that? They aren't in a universe where Magneto exists at the moment. We, we established right away that Picard's like, ah, they come from a universe parallel to our own. A different frame of reference, if you will. It's like, okay, you know, then, from a certain point of view, which means that they don't have to hide their identities. Yeah, but that's just, you know, how they're known. That's horrible. Like, the idea yeah. that some dude would be like, yeah, I want you to call me Archangel all the time. Yeah, call me at lots. But if if some dude called up and you had gone to the X-Men universe, met Archangel and then came back and you were in a universe that did not have X-Men comics or anything like that. And they go, oh, there's someone here and his name is Warren Worthington. You'd be like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, but it's only another sentence away. His name is Warring Worthington. He's a big blue dude with wing armored wings. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. get it. Archangel. Yeah. Archangel. Why didn't you just say that? Well, because Jeff. Well, Jeff is a pedant, and so <laughs> Admiral Jeff. <laughs> That's me, Admiral Jeff. I'm wearing one of those scants that they allowed dudes to wear in the first season. Scants. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Picard gets briefly excited because he's like, oh, shit, I remember them. Ah, uh, yes, we had an adventure with them. Hmm. A certain fight that we participated with them in against the Borg. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, so he's like, okay, well, I guess, what do you want me to do about it, Admiral? Uh, Admiral? Well, you know, Starbase 88 is sort of on your way to the big meeting that you're going to. And it's the 90s, so there's no association to be drawn from that specific number yet. So don't don't read into it. So, you know, could you come just get these guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of on the way to whatever the fuck you're doing, so just get them off my station. <laughs> Look, Starbase 88 is on the way to the excuse to have Worf on your ship. <laughs> so <laughs> if you could come get these X-Men... Yeah. Uh, well, Picard obviously agrees to do this because... Because a book exists. Free X-Men visit. It'd be kind of funny if Free like, X-Men? I mean, it's not like he can say no anyway. It's a request from an admiral. Yeah. But, I mean, he could be like, perhaps not? I resign my commission. And I'm out. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. <laughs> oh, no, he's not here. Oh, very ah. well. <laughs> Banshee is, though. Ooh. Ooh Banshee. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Very forgettable. <laughs> Never cared for the Irish. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And then uh, the Admiral's like, oh, and, you know, one of these have uh, been thrown in the brig for being surly. Ah, that would be Logan. No, Wolverine. Because oh, right. no one's going to say yeah. his name. Right. Ah, that would be Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine. Yeah. It's really weird trying to imagine... Picard saying this, even though Patrick Stewart was both Xavier and Picard, mm -hmm. trying to imagine Picard being like, ah, yes, Archangel and Wolverine. Well, to be fair, when he was the Patrick Stewart X-Men, he rarely said the names of X-Men, like their code phrases. He, he would have just called him Logan. That's true. Yeah. But it would be kind of funny to have him go through the list. Just be like, ah, yes, in the brig, you say. That will be Wolverine. X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine. Logan. <laughs> Why did you say all that? No reason. <laughs> James Mangold's the Wolverine. Uh, okay, so he's like, yeah, we'll come get them, basically. Yeah, it's fine. We'll 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 head out there. We'll go warp six. And everything's going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ooh, and I'm I'm so intrigued at the prospect of meeting them, especially one in particular. Okay, let's think this one through. There's only two women, and it's obviously that. It can't, it can't be like, I'm certainly excited to meet one of them in particular. because I Colossus. Enjoy He's great. <laughs> Have you met that guy? I enjoy the comedy stylings of Nightcrawler. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Who wouldn't be excited to meet Nightcrawler? Uh, he's, he, uh, of the X-Men available in this book, he is for sure my favorite. <laughs> and usually also my favorite in general. Uh but yeah, we know it's a it's a woman, and I'm pretty sure they're playing Kitty Pride here as like a 19 year old at Which is most. Weird. No, it's because it's the comic or it's the cartoon. It's the Ur X Men. We we talked about this in the first episode that the X Men in this book are the Ur templates of these characters. They're, while we're spending a ton of time establishing exactly what the frame of reference is for the Star Trek timeline, oh the, yeah, the X Men were just pulled out of classic golden time, time and space. Yeah, which is. I mean, it's unfortunate that we don't get a very specific timeline for them, because you'd think if you were getting, like, the X-Men gold-blue split, mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh, Kitty's, like, at least 25, 26 by now. It you should stop having her be like, oh, hi, uh -huh. oh, I'm scared, no, oh, no, I'm 15, <laughs> but we're not going to do that. Uh, So, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. anyway, we got to cut, because it's not about, after a little while, we have to go check in with... What's his name? Arid? Arid, Arid Sovar. Arid Sovar. Which, by the way, isn't it weird that there's a Lieutenant Sovar on the on the bridge of the Enterprise indeed? Ooh, how strange. What a coincidence, I wonder. 
Hmm. I don't remember if that got mentioned yet or not. I think it happens in the next chapter. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But we uh, there's a new guy with bronze skin and blue-black hair on the Enterprise, a Lieutenant Sovar. Oh, my goodness. He's standing at, I believe, tactical. So, Aaron Sovar, honestly, probably has the most going on out of these chapters in that, like... Things are happening and stuff is weird. Yeah, because honestly... Because these three chapters for everyone else is just kind of, Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> and a bit more, let's establish what time period this is and, and let's list off some powers and make sure everyone knows what everyone can do. And there you go. Yeah, it's... Uh, I gotta. I, I have to remember that not everyone may have read all the X-Men stuff, so let's do a rundown. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that. But Aaron, on the other hand, is a new character, so they can go ahead and get started on his story. Uh, he has already been captured by authorities and shipped off to the... The weird castle that they said they were going to send everyone to. Sent to Castle Grayskull for some reason. Now, I'm not certain that it's a castle, but every time they talk about, like, oh, and the guards are up on these ancient battlements, I'm like, did you did you send them to a castle? They specifically <laughs> said it was an ancient fort in the first book. Yeah. Uh, first couple cha- First episode, excuse me. But it's... It's very late in the future, which means an ancient fort could be like, ooh, from the 2000s. I, I think you know full well that that never happened on any episode of Star Trek ever. <sighs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just the idea that they're like, let's round up all these mutants and put them in a castle. The amount of times that they're willing to reference the 2000s and 2100s is zero. They, they mention what happened, and they're like, oh, yeah, there was baseball teams, and the eugenics wars happened around then, oh, and Zephram yes. Cochran, and now we're done. And that's it. If it didn't happen prior to 1980, I don't want to hear about it, what? except for Voyager. We're cool with that one episode where we meet Sarah Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, we're not. And Ed Begley Jr. Uh, so he's going to go have a meeting with Osan, the guy who is uh, running the castle prison uh-huh yeah they, so there's a dude in charge of this whole prison complex uh, and he's like look this is a prison for all of you mutants or freaks so one might call this a castle freak <laughs> indeed it's a castle freak uh one of you of course has the power to continuously rip off and regrow your own ding dong <laughs> uh all right so osan at least is being nice. Apparently, up to this point, Arid's like, basically, it's just been a bunch of angry guards and... No one's talking to him. Yeah, we're just being sort of, like, led from where we sleep to outside to back again. No one's giving anyone any information. Yeah. And the fact that he's like, yeah, come in. Leave the guards outside. You can just come in here and we'll talk. And he's like, oh, this is the first time anyone's shown me even a remote sign of trust Mm -hmm. and also been even a little bit interested in talking to me? Yes. So we establish right away that Osan's some kind of secret military administrator, uh, blah, secret military administrator. Yeah. And also, the other thing that he notices is that there's a chair for him to sit in, does uh, Arid, and it's unfortunately sitting right in a beam of sunlight. Oh, no. Uh, he, he doesn't want to sit there because he'll instantly fall asleep. <laughs> he'll just curl right up and take a nap. <laughs> By the way, they're cats. We forgot to mention that. <laughs> All these people are cats. Yeah, they're bronze cats. <laughs> uh, so Aaron's like, oh, I can't get into the light because apparently I'm solar powered. And if I drink Sunny D, I shoot laser beams out my dick. So <laughs> so it turns out that his powers are directly activated by the sun. He can't shoot lasers unless he's in the sun. Probably. We aren't sure I mean, about that yet. I assume he just doesn't have control over it yet because he hasn't tried to. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I get sun powered. So if I get in direct sunlight, I just charge up and start shooting my lasers. Yeah. So so he opts to stand. Yeah. Uh, and then he, they have a conversation. He's like, yeah, uh, Osan's basically like, well, you know why you're here? Uh, because you have powers just like everybody else you've met so far. And we're just my, my role is pretty much just to keep you here and make you comfortable. And. Arid's actually pretty politically active, because he's like, I don't think you can keep me here. And he's like, isn't that not a thing you can do? And for his part, Osan's just like, yeah, you know, you're probably right. We probably don't have the right to do this, but also we're trying to protect you and yeah. the people. Plus, so. I'm under direct orders. There's a whole mandate. I'm not a big fan of this, but it's what's happening. Yeah. Arid, Arid for someone who has 
essentially just come of age, mm-hmm. is very savvy in the whole like, hey, this is uh, wrong on very many levels, and also you don't have the right to keep me here, and I want to like contact my parents. You need to at least tell them what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And Osan's just like. Yeah, but we don't, though. We won't. <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to tell your parents, because then they'd tell people. So, you know, it's a whole containing information thing. Also, you don't want your parents to know you turned into a big purple dude that shoots lasers. Come on. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to call yourself? Oh, I was thinking something in the Saurus Rex family. <laughs> uh but, you know, he's like, well, you, I I don't appreciate that you're keeping me here. I will I will comply for the moment, but let it be known that I'm, th- I'm doing this under duress. There will come a day, sir, says Arid, where you will regret your participation in this matter. And Osan is just like, man, what have I told you? I already regret this. Yeah, this isn't good for me. I don't want this to be happening. I do like that we're setting Osan up. To not be, like, the evil warden of whatever this is. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, the striker of Planet X. Yes. Instead, he's like, this sucks, and I wish I didn't do this. We shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it because I was told to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he'll survive the ongo- the, the upcoming assault. Yeah. Uh, now We I- do find out during this as well. At one point, Arid has a little point where he thinks about, like, oh, one time I went into the sun and lost control, mm-hmm. and I got shot a whole bunch by the guards, and they have basically, like, taser bullets? Well, they're shooting, their 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 phasers are set to stun, that's all. Are they? Yeah, I mean, he just, they, they shoot waves of phasery stun energy. Okay, because yeah. the way he described it made it sound like they actually shot him with something. I, I, I mean, that might be happening, they, maybe they're using the icers from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, I mean, we're talking about Star Trek, so they probably just have phasers. Everyone else does. Yeah, I guess. Plus, the setting does seem kind of modern, all things considered. Like, this isn't one of the standard, there are three cities on this planet and we just invented the crossbow things that's so popular in the the Star Trek. Yeah, this isn't like, hey, we came across cavemen or Native Americans or any other, like, group of people that don't have tech but are still on this planet and also came here from a spaceship, but then they got rid of the spaceship. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's kind of nice to read about this planet because most aliens' planets that you go to in the Star Trek stories suck. Yeah, this is just sort of like, what's this? Oh, we're a planet. Like, what's on? What's on? Uh, what, what's it called? Chronos, uh, the, the the Klingon homeworld. Oh, fucking nothing. It's one smoky hallway. <laughs> well, because you know the planet sucks ass and is very volcanic and whatnot. You only ever see that one throne room set. That's the only thing that's ever happened there. And then uh, what the Ferengi homeworld, which you end up going to a number of times in DS9, and it's just Quark's house and an office building, and you can tell it's raining. <laughs> yeah. And what's it like on the planet? Oh, it fucking sucks. You have to pay to go everywhere. It, everyone, it, every, it's always raining, and it, everyone wants money. It's just a fucking dumb joke. Ha ha. At least this one's kind of serious, and you can tell it's like, you know, a functioning society. Yeah. Uh, so we get back to the captain after this. And uh, we do indeed find out that Lieutenant Sovar is a security officer, mm-hmm. and uh, they arrived at uh, Station 88, mm-hmm. and th- he's like, all right, well, tell Kashiwada we're here, and uh, <laughs> Kashiwada is, he gets a lot of time here, but man, he seems real just dry and uninterested in the fact that weird superpowered aliens are here yeah he's just annoyed he's like, like uh these guys that can teleport and fly around and do stuff uh what a pain in my rear i hate guys from other universes this sucks can Last somebody like get the do- most interesting thing that's ever happened here out of here i know he's He's like, well, it's not my continuing mission to seek out new life and new civilizations. It's my continuing mission to take a nap around four (laughs) o'clock. It is very weird how dismissive he is of what could be one of the greatest discoveries in Starfleet history. Oh, yeah. He's just like, God, I'm glad you're here. Thankfully, you'll get these out of here. I want no answers. I have no questions. Please continue. (laughs) He just puts a blindfold on and faces the wall. The last thing I want to do right now, Captain Picard, is have to write a report about this. (laughs) 
Do you know how many extra forms you have to fill out when dimensional travel happens? God. Oh, I'm going to get a visit from the dimensional travel guys. Agent, it's going to be called executive or what, what it's an organization 41 instead of 31. Fuck. I, don't I mean, wanna... I'm also going to get 31 because they're from a different time as well as a different dimension. Ah, this, <laughs> this is going to be the worst thing ever. Please take them away before I have to make a report about this. The two guys in weird suits. I don't want to have that conversation. Uh, so also, at this, they, they learn that, that uh, in the time it's taken them to get there, no one's let Wolverine out of the brig. No. And mostly Kashiwata, because there's barely anything to this, but he's just like, please... Please come down here. Uh, I am, I am very upset. Like I just don't want anything to do with this. So they beam down. Uh, the captain goes, and he brings a Deanna and a Data with him. Ugh. We skipped a chapter four, and it's Aaron Sovar again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that. There you go. Uh, Aaron Sovar is wandering the kind of open space that's the prison yard free time area that they get to go to. But because he's so solar activated, he has to stay. In the shadows of this big open sun space. Yeah. So he's just hanging out, trying to stay, like, under awnings or any points with outcropping so he can be in the shade. Yeah. And, and he, he does point out that, like, he's not the only one. There are several people who are also seemingly solar-powered that are sticking to the shadows as well. Yes. Now, there are about 30 or so people here. All of them are 22. All of them have powers. Most of them have visual or visible mutations. Yeah, he's like, it's not just me. There's someone who has, like, a horn. There's mm-hmm. someone else who has, like, weird green craters in his head. I was kind of hoping we'd get the one that has the beak thing where it's like, what are you? Oh, I look like a gross chicken man. Oh, what's oh. your power? No, nope, that's it. <laughs> I look like a gross chicken man. That's that's it. That's a mutation. But I'm not a man. <laughs> I'm a chicken, boo. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's like 30 or so of them, and they have uh, just kind of a list of various weirdo powers. Yeah, so some people have extra appendages, and everyone has weird things that they can do. So you've got a speedster that's in there. Mm-hmm. You've got super someone. strong. Yeah, you've got a super strong person, someone who can make illusions. Yeah, and they list them for a long time. Oh, yeah, he's like, also... Everyone here is super different, like it, because they came from all over the place. You're like, oh, you've got someone over here who's super quiet and like reserved. You've got a, someone over there who's just a huge asshole. Yeah, and he's like, well, this person can turn solids into liquids. This person can turn themselves suck the energy out of things around them. Yeah, this one can turn invisible. This one we don't know yet. Yeah, just a long list. Uh, a long list of powers that I'm pretty sure you could probably map to a bunch of existing minor X-Men if you tried. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's even one that's like, oh, here's a lady and she can create a metallic exoskin. And you're like, oh, you got a Colossus. Do we meet them now? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Because we get three new people that come in and one of them is a a lady Colossus. Yeah, we get Dinara the lady Colossus. Mm Mm-hmm. Paul Duell, the one with green craters on his head that has Uh, psychic powers. Yeah, he can read people's thoughts. And then we get Rahatan, who nobody knows what he can do, but he is basically a fomenter of unrest. Ooh, look at that one. He hasn't done anything yet. He's just standing there with his arms crossed. You know he's going to do something cool. His power's got to be ridiculous. (laughs) But yeah, he's the one who's like, they can't keep us here. I mean, literally, they can't keep us here. They can't stun all of us, and we have superpowers. (laughs) Let's see them aliens. They can't stop all of us. Like, Rahatan is just sitting there going, like, you guys know that all, everyone around here is just absolutely terrified of us, and we could just leave. And they're yeah. like, but they have weapons. Bitch, you have weapons. You can shoot laser beams. Yeah, but I don't have weapons. I'm a chicken man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can make friends real easily. That's your power, Beak. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot the Exiles run. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's right. I've got the power of being super friendly to hyperians <laughs> to just to hyperians though <laughs> uh uh so we don't know what rahatan is yet but it's pretty clear that he's definitely going to be the villain because he immediately like gets a crowd around him and he's like hey they can't stop us forever all i'm saying right now is they can't stop us forever i'm not saying let's attack i'm just saying <laughs> the situation can't be permanent i'm not saying we should overthrow the guards and leave i'm just saying 
who could stop us? I'm saying that we should call ourselves something, like a brotherhood of illegally detained mutants. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe we should form some sort of front by which to liberate ourselves. Some sort of mutated front of liberation. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, it's the People's Liberated Front of Judea. (laughs) There's one thing I hate. It's the damn People's Front. Uh, well, there you go. We've we've set up some friends for him that actually have names. Dinara and, uh, what was Jared? Poltel. Poltel. Poltel, who can read minds. Those two are definitely going to be on Arid's er- side when the when the uh, fighting starts. And yeah, Rahatan, especially because he's like, ooh, that Dinara, she's sexy. There's there's another one, too, who gets a name. It's like V-Sim or something, and she is the one who can create illusions. And everyone says that she was likely to begin with, but now she's using illusion to make herself beautiful. Yeah, they're like, oh, we don't know what she originally looked like, but we assume she transmorphed into something nasty, and she just looks hot because of illusion power. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, we also get a couple other people that I don't think get names, but the speedster, and we also have someone who's basically a bug man. They say he has translucent armor plates for skin, which gross. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably very strong. Yeah, I assume he is a strong bug man. Mm-hmm. He's strong yeah. bugman. That's his, that's strong his, bugman. That's his superhero name. He's strong man, but bug as well. <laughs> bug strongman. <laughs> no, strong bugman. Oh, okay. We're two different guys. <laughs> There's a different one. <laughs> hey, I'm bug strongman. Were people talking about me? No, oh, no, we were talking about strong bugman. Oh, happens all the time. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's... uh. That's basically the end of Sovar stuff, where it's just like, all right, we got some revolutionary leader has been locked up with us. Yes, and oh, what what a, what a pity! One twenty-two year old is definitely a Magneto. Yeah. Then but, we get back to uh, Troy and Data and Picard meeting Kashiwata on the station. Okay, this is going to kick off the most annoying part of this book for sure. Uh, well, I don't know. There's a lot of chapters left, but of this episode for sure. Which is the, them wandering through a hallway, kind of having a conversation about what's been happening so far. Yeah, uh, Kashiwata, again, doesn't want to talk about the, the mutants at all. He's just like, how are you, Picard? Hello. How are you doing fine? It is a pleasure to meet you, Troy. That's the I thing. would like to just pointedly not discuss what's happening. Uh, that's the thing that makes me think that this isn't the, the Admiral from the TNG episodes that I'm thinking of, because that guy probably knew who Troy and Data were. Huh. Well, maybe he just hadn't met them. It could be. But yeah, the first thing that happens is introductions. Uh, and the Admiral being all pissed off at them, at least Picard goes, you know, it's got to be real fucking weird for them to be here just as much as it is for you to have them here. Like, they just teleported into space somewhere. Like, have a little understanding. Captain, I think it's difficult for you to fathom how truly lazy and selfish I am. <laughs> I don't think you understand how much I don't give a f- Fuck, I'm an admiral. (laughs) Have you seen admirals in Star Trek? We're all the worst. Every single one of us, our only goal is to make shit your problem. (laughs) We had a meeting about it. Look, the only time there was an admiral who wasn't was when Kirk was an admiral, and that's why we busted his ass down. I mean, Necheyev calmed down as soon as they offered her some pastries. (laughs) (laughs) You you want a croissant? Yeah, it was All a right. real thing. There was like Necheyev was the one, like the admiral in charge of like Cardassian shit. Yeah, and she was real mean to Picard. And then one time he was like, "I'm going to try and butter her up." So he invited With her buttered scones. Literally invited her on a ship with some alien type of pastries, and she smelled them and was like, "Oh, is that the kind of pastry I like?" And he was like, "Yes." And then she was like, "Well, okay, now we're friends." And then she didn't eat any of them ever. Ah. She just likes being in the room with them. Oh, I see you've done your homework on what I like and don't like. Exactly. That kind of weird creepiness makes me feel at home. Thank you. (laughs) Also, I'd appreciate it if you called me Mark, your dead husband's name. (laughs) Okay, you did this very wrong. Ooh, this is uh, getting off the rails. Also, I made your dog. (laughs) (laughs) I made you a new dog out of your old dead dog. Look. I had Data do this research. How's it working? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so anyway this dude does not want to be a part of any of this shit but they start walking down the hallway to meet with the team and that's when the x-men shit starts yeah so out of nowhere there's just a just rush of color and wind goes by they describe it for some reason as a red and white flash i've always thought of archangel specifically as very red blue silver it's true 
there's not a lot of white in his color scheme. Like, if he's just Angel... I mean, if he was... There was a point where Archangel was basically wearing the red-white Angel costume, but okay. he was still blue with the metal wings. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, that must be this, then. So because that I'll, gives me at least a timeline for when this is happening for X-Men. I mean, we already had a little bit of a timeline, because it's Archangel and not Angel. Yeah, but specifically, it's the time when he's wearing the white and red outfit. Okay. Uh, but he's just zipping around at, like, bullet speed. And Data's the only one who's like, yeah, that was Archangel. I've got, you know, processing power and whatnot. Yeah, I can tell. It's robot powers. Uh, <laughs> Captain, I sense that blur was fast. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Troy. I'm glad I brought you. <laughs> Good job, Counselor. <laughs> uh, so this pulse goes whizzing across the ceiling. Data immediately points out who it is. And Kashiwata's like, Oh, yeah, that happens all the time. He's he's a real asshole about just flying around all the time like he that. He won't knock it off. These corridors are just hallways. I, He's like a foot above us. It's it's very dangerous. And he's got metal wings. He could decapitate someone. He's very sharp. <laughs> and then Data's just like, well, you have to understand. He's used to being in the open sky. It can't be easy for him to be here. He's used to having legs, too. I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen lots of pictures of Archangel where he's standing the fuck down. <laughs> But no, he won't. And throughout the course of this chat, this subchapter, he the uh, whole thing is punctuated by bursts of him zipping around the hallways. Boom. Yeah. Uh, so that happens for a while, and then Nightcrawler teleports in. And he's like, "Yo, what up?" Ah, yeah. He has a little thing to say to Captain Picard. At least this time, we finally get a mention that he has a German accent. Nightcrawler, in the flesh, or the fur, if you prefer, you may take your peak, Counselor. Mein Liebchen. Oh, yes, it is me, it's a Nightcrawler. <laughs> mm, I'd like very many tasty treats, if you don't mind. <laughs> Do you have any of those pastries left over from the Admiral? Mm, they're so delicious. Uh, so, <laughs> he's like... Ah, good. Picard, you're here. I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to see you and everything. And Picard's like, how did you know we were here? Oh, a little bird told me. Yeah, you okay. know, Archangel. You, you could just say that a lot fast. Archangel told me. That's what that red-white blur is. <laughs> What's uh, this? I'm going to teleport now, yeah. Because uh, for some reason, this subchapter is all just, let's see their powers. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'm also here, says Shadowcat, coming out of a wall. Out of the floor in this case, because this is one of the things that bothers me about Shadowcat in general, and this book in particular, Bloop. is that she seems to have the power of flight as long as she's going up through a floor. So, technically, kind of, because there's a bit where it's like, oh, she makes it so she phases so that she is essentially lighter than air, mm. so that she begins to float. Okay. So it's not really flight as much as it is the ability to kind of like float through. Okay, so there's an explanation for it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm they do explain this it. in the comics okay. at some point. Good, because it's weird to me whenever she's like coming up out of a floor, and I'm like, how are you doing that? The moment you turn to phase, first of all, let's not even start about how the fact that the moment you turn into phase, you should just fall into the earth and die. But but uh, <laughs> but now that there's an explanation, I'm, I'm, I feel better about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's controlled phasing. It's control. It's very controlled phasing. Yeah. Like that dude from all uh, from uh, My Hero Academia. Academia. Yes, yeah, that guy. That guy takes this whole thing to a whole new level. Oh yeah. Uh, what's his name? He's that's a cool. He's a weird looking dude. He's a cool third year, and yeah. I love him. He's a cool. He's a weird looking dude though. His eyes are creepy. Yeah, he uh, looks like if Rin Tin Tin was a buff dude. Yeah, he, well, yeah, or kind of. Uh, he's got. Uh, well, not a Rin Tin Tin because that's a dog. Yeah. I think you might be thinking of just Tin Tin. Tin Tin. There yeah. you go. Not Rin Tin Tin. Also, if Rin Tin Tin was a buff dude, I'm pretty sure he'd look like that. I feel like if Rin Tin Tin was a buff dude, he'd just be the leader of the Road Rovers, wouldn't he? <laughs> no, I'm saying not a dog at all. Oh. Just a buff dude. <laughs> that is a weird request. Have you seen my AU? Guys, we're, we're, we're uh, looking to commission an artist right now to just draw Rin Tin Tin as a non-dog buff dude, please. And, obviously and look, when you draw them, if you just draw any buff dude, I'll know. Yeah, we'll know right away because we already said that he kind of looks like that one phasing guy from MHA. So we'll know. Uh, but yeah, they're all just... Doing their powers. So Shadowcat's coming up from the floor. And of course, it's a chance for Picard to make a wry comment. Oh, remind me to instruct you in the use of the turbo lift sometime. Yeah. Which, again, why are they doing this? I mean, I understand that the X-Men have powers and everything, but they're freaking everyone out. And you'd think the storm would be like, hey, all right, you know what? Hey, guys, you... <laughs> 
you can get by for a couple days without using your fucking powers. Yeah. Chill. This is a combat. This isn't a combat situation. We're just waiting for a dude we know to show up. Just sit down in a room. Look, can't you be more like me and Banshee? I haven't created any storms out of nowhere, and Banshee hasn't been yelling at anybody. Just <laughs> chill the fuck out. Yeah, no, and none of them can. All of them are wandering around like she's just wandering through the walls and Archangel got to fly supersonic everywhere. And just- apparently Wolverine is in the brig, we find out, because he tried to get something and he like tore up the entire mess hall. Yeah, it doesn't even fully explain. I, I thought he was going to like, get in a brawl. He like chopped through a bulkhead or but some yeah, he, shit. Yeah, like, he just went through a wall. He just... He just berserker barraged his way to a cup of coffee. Yeah, he's like, oh, he cut through some tables and chairs and a replicator and a bulkhead. And he's like, what? <laughs> what's he doing? Why? All that? What? What's going on? What is everyone's problem? If he got in a scrap with a Starfleet guy and he was just tearing shit up. But uh, no, he just did it. He just was like, oh, I haven't let loose in a bit. So here we go. You think like uh, maybe this is just me, but for me. Yeah. If I had a bunch of X Men on my sh- uh, on my station, and I was a lazy ass admiral who didn't want to deal with it, holodeck, be- uh, holodeck, exactly. Yes, they're obviously so, they're so used to that. <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh man, oh, we- this archangel feels really cooped up. We'll put him in a fucking outside thing for the holodeck. Let yeah. him dick around and there. You don't even need to lie to them about it. You could be like, it's just like your danger room. Just go in here. Yeah, just here. hang out, hang out. Look, oh, infinite dinosaurs for for uh, Wolverine to claw up. Whatever." Look, you can fight some Sentinels if you want to. I don't know. Whatever you like. Yeah, here's a little console. You can just put it in there. Just don't let Moriarty out. (laughs) So, yeah. They do eventually, at least, get to the main group where, you know, Storm and Colossus and everyone else is sitting there. And they're like, all right, hey, uh, you you mind if they get Wolverine out of the brig? And they're like, yeah. Fine. He hasn't really done it. He's just done some property damage, apparently. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, okay, we'll go we'll go let him out. Uh but God. I don't but it's it's Lieutenant Clark is introduced here, which who is the person who was very briefly mentioned in the previous episode as the station security chief. Yeah. So when she's sent to go let him out, they stop her and they're like, Don't go because he's really mad at you. Because, you're the one that put him in there. Yeah, so. you, and also you're the one that blasted him in the first place. Yeah. So he might get mad at you, so we'll send someone else. And and Troy volunteers to go along. He's like, I'll go with you. Yeah. And uh <laughs> God damn it. Every time they do Banshee says anything, I'm like, Come on, man. You just <laughs> said, Oh yeah, uh Nightcrawler's got a German accent. Anyway, moving on. Here's his speech in just regular typed out english Mm -hmm. but every time it's banshee is like oh there's nay reason for him to be sitting in that sea silly wee brig and i'm like stop it fucking stop it i mean stop being a leprechaun i I mean i know it's a slightly different part of the world but you already have i think they're just doing some scotty copying here i hope he goes into engineering at some point and he's like i'm giving it all i've got (laughs) But you're Irish, not Scottish. Eh, yeah, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> oh, Captain. Nightcrawler, how old are you anyway? 17. Oh, no, no, that's too far. Those, no, we're done no, here. Stop, stop it. Everybody out. <laughs> out of the book. We're done. Uh, okay, so uh, nuclear vessels. <laughs> uh, they go down there and they let Wolverine out of the brig. Wolverine is very nonchalant about the whole thing. I, I mean, ultimately, Logan has spent a lot of time in his life cooling his heels in prison cells so yeah so chapter five is troy goes down with clark and she (laughs) uses her ability to sense what's going on to be like "Ooh, it seems like wolverine is both frustrated and angry i know this because it is wolverine (laughs) i sense that he is the best he is at something (laughs) but the something he does isn't mm, something (laughs) I'm sorry, it's hard to get a good read. But anyway, he calms down the moment he sees uh Well, it doesn't Troy. even see him because, of course, he has to be facing the other way and be like, ah, Lieutenant Clark. Oh, and Troy's here. Right, because he's using his super smell or whatever. Yeah. So he turns around and he's super excited to see Deanna. Obviously, one of the two crushes that we have to deal with in this. Oh yeah, because she's like, oh, and suddenly his frustration and anger melted away and was replaced by something else. Because he's he's got he's horny. He's yeah. real horny for me. He's real super horny. So, uh, <laughs> he's he's in a mask and 
and Titan, he's got a big old heart on for me. Again, I love that he doesn't take the mask off at any point here. Not once. There's no enemies. What are you doing, man? No, you'd think he'd be like, hey, can I just get like a, you replicate me a pair of jeans and a wife beater or something? <laughs> like, give me a, give me something. Let me get that jacket that has a backstory in X-Men Origins Wolverine for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> if you could, please. That'd be great. Yeah, no. Instead of that, he's just like, oh, I'm going to stay in my almost assuredly stanky-ass spandex. <laughs> I've been wearing the yellow and blue for three days. Ooh, somebody get this guy into a shower. Never. I smell like an actual Wolverine. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, okay, so the- now I want to I want to mention here that throughout these chapters, I was reading everything in everyone's voice from the show, both next gen and the, the X Men uh, cartoon, the cartoon specifically. Yeah, until it got to Wolverine, where everything I read was in a stereotypical Canadian voice. <laughs> Because for some reason it got to him and I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I wanted a glass of milk before bed, you know. That's me, the old knucklehead. Then I got in a scuffle, I did. It's just like he's just roused hour. Oh, yeah. He's just showing up and he's like, oh, sorry about that. I got to get down to the old brig there. Don't know me own strength. Sorry about cutting off your leg. Sorry about that. (laughs) We're going to get angry comments from Canadian listeners. Oh, I know. Uh, Uh, But what are they going to do? They're Canadian. Ah. (laughs) Ah. You can't tell, but I'm flipping off Canada right now. I love love my uh, my brothers to the north. I might need to marry one of them to escape this hellhole someday. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, Wolverine is just like, oh, my bad, I... Destroyed a bunch of tables and chairs and a bunch of nonsense and oopsie yeah. doopsies. Well, you know, that's just what I do because I'm an X-Man. I just fuck up the environment in case there's energy spheres in it to rec- recharge my health. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> destroyed everything and I was like, ooh, red sphere. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to fuck everything up. I was looking for credits. <laughs> uh, video games. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the background, Colossus says, Video games. Video games. Uh, yeah. They, he hugs Deanna when he sees her because, oh boy, does he ever have a crush on her. Ugh. So yeah, she lets him know, yeah, we're going to get out of here. And they start heading back to where Picard is. And then we cut to <laughs> the best part of this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very true. We go back to the deck of the end, the, uh, the bridge of the Enterprise where... Oh, I forget the character's name. We go to the Taylor? transporter room. Ta- okay, the transporter room. Because Riker goes to the transporter room with Lieutenant Robinson. Robinson, thank you. And Robinson is basically the exposition requester. Oh, are these people, these X-Men, really as super powerful as people say? And R- Riker starts by going, oh, right, you're Robinson. Immediately after the events of the first Contact movie, you decided to stay on Earth for a while, and then we picked you up again after about six months, meaning that you definitely missed our first comic book adventure with the X-Men. Yeah, I remember. You were gone specifically for a small amount of time where we had an adventure with the X-Men. I love the idea that she comes back onto the ship and it's been like six months, and the topic of conversation isn't still like, holy shit, we met a blue teleport guy. We... We fought the Borg with weird superheroes from another dimension. That wouldn't be one of the things that came up in conversation. (laughs) You'd be down in like 10 forward and someone would be like drunk on synthahol going, oh my God, I saw a man pick up an entire building. (laughs) The Borg shot this guy's leg off and he grew it back. What? The fuck? But instead, no, Riker has to be like, ah, yes, you missed the adventure. The adventure of a lifetime, by the way, in my quarters. (laughs) Honestly, the fact that Riker's like, ah, yes, Lieutenant Robinson, a raven-haired beauty. And I'm like, ah, goddammit, Riker, keep it in your pants for a hot second. Lieutenant Robinson, I think I'm trying to seduce you. (laughs) (laughs) So here's to you, Lieutenant Robinson. (laughs) I will now explain the X-Men to you. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) So he's like, yeah, they're that powerful, basically. Like, yeah, they got weird talents. They can teleport and punch through duranium and travel through solid matter. 
It's hard to believe that anyone could truly be that powerful or strong. And this is it. This is the best part of this episode right here. <laughs> oh, well, not when you put them in context. Oh, I'm sorry. Context? What do you mean? Well, think about some of the other people we've run into. You remember Q from the Q Continuum? Ah, yes. Or the Traveler who can p- manipulate the very fabric of space and time. And blessedly took Wesley from us. <laughs> remember when he did that and everyone was like... <sighs> I didn't want to say anything at the time, but... <laughs> oh, and who could forget the Dowd, who was able to wipe out a race with a single thought? Uh, I think and at I, that forgo- point, I forgot that one. <laughs> Robinson's like, yeah, I get Riker isn't done. And the Founders, and they can shapeshift into whatever they want to. And of course, our own Mr. Data. He's as strong and fast <laughs> as any X-Man. He's just listing. He just goes off on this. There's a point where she's like, oh my god, I, I, I accidentally activated him, didn't I? Yeah, she's just like smiling, going like, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I, remember, I know Data. I sit yep. in the room with him eight hours a day. Come on. Uh, I was thinking in terms of, you know, other humans. Yeah, this, these, the, the people you're listing. Well, I, I was kind of hoping he would just immediately launch into the TOS ones as well. And who could forget Trelane, who was basically sort of a Q, or the Metrons, which were like little robed angel boys with who, superpowers. Who could forget the many balls of gas that were omnipotent? <laughs> what about V'ger, the combination of two aster, or satellites that we had to deal with at one point? Uh, <laughs> But no, she's like, oh, I was, I was thinking not like, you know, cosmic beings and more like more powerful than other humans. And he's like, oh, well, you know, they're from Earth, but they're probably not humans. You see, they're not homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. They're, and they don't say homo superior, but there's like, oh, there's something else entirely. Homo mutant. Homo mutantis. Yeah. Uh, homo superior always just felt kind of vain to me especially when you have to contend with every once in a while you get a beak in there well there is i think at some point i forget if this was just a what if or something else but there was the next evolution past mutant Mm. that was like homo superior superior (laughs) homo superior gorilla (laughs) uh anyway so yeah we get uh once he is done listing every single being in Star Trek that's ever had superpowers, and don't forget the Excalbians. Uh, then Worf comes in. He's like, "Hey, uh, I'm also here. <laughs> uh, I am also here. I am going to greet the party. That what? way, they cannot surprise me later. <laughs> no surprises for me, Worf. That's what I hate. I just don't like surprises, and yet you constantly do them to me. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Also, I liked it a little earlier when uh, Deanna Troy was going down to get Wolverine. They're like, what if he claws you up? And she's like, I'll just use mock barrel moves on him. Ugh. Okay. So anyway, the first teleporter activates, and we get half the X-Men. Yeah, we get uh, Nightcrawler, Banshee, Colossus, and Wolverine. Yes. Uh, now, this is enough for Worf and Riker to start getting conversations going, which apparently is just more X-Men language shtick, and they aren't just clearing the fucking land- landing pad. They're just standing there broguing it at, uh, at our heroes. Well, yeah, because Wolverine has to be like, Worf? Wolverine? Shepard? Rex? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Eddie's father? <laughs> Chief? McCloud? <sighs> okay, we did it. We did it. So, yeah, they're like, oh, hey, uh, hey, hey, Klingon, you, uh, you gonna show me that old hollow what's it? You know what a hollow deck is, you dickhead. You live, you, you live in a place with a danger room. Also, if you already remember hollow, you yeah, don't call it a hollow hoosis. <laughs> You're Wolverine. Quit sticking for five seconds, Wolverine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's okay. You can. You can just be chill. Bub, 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 Best there is. Best there is, bub. <laughs> oh, God. He, okay. We He's have to, stuck. Hold on. Put a wallet in his mouth so he doesn't swallow his tongue. <laughs> I mean, he'll just regenerate it, but still. Mmm, <laughs> my own delicious tongue. My tongue is the best there is at what it does. And what it does is say bub. Bub. Uh, yeah, so... They kind of shtick at each other for a couple of seconds where they just talk about... Uh, Nightcrawler has some business here, too. But finally, the landing pad chief has to be like, would you people get off the landing pad? There's three more, five more people coming. Picard and the rest of them are coming over. Can you please move your ass? <laughs> bub, 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 bub. <laughs> someone but, move him. Yeah, but what he does is... Uh, 
when uh, yeah because troy hasn't shown up yet well no they're with troy okay. and he's like he's like hey troy hey, come with us you want to go to the holodeck with me and Worf and get in some calisthenics uh and she like disconnects from him and just storms off because she doesn't want to get hit on by wolverine and she's just like nah i think i'll pass and he even looks at Worf and is like what's up with this that used to work ah, isometric exercise <laughs> uh, steamed hams you want you want to go with me to the holodeck and redo steamed hams, but it's Wolverine and Worf. My program contains the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> Can I see it? No. <laughs> the holodeck's on fire. The Aurora Borealis, localized entirely in your holodeck. Yes. <laughs> uh, at this star date, at these coordinates. <laughs> yes. Okay, so yeah, uh, Picard, Storm, Shadow Cat, they come over, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Picard's just like, "All right, well, get everyone some quarters." I would be glad to, sir, because it's Worf's job, apparently. In the meantime, I'd like to have a word with Storm. Eyebrow waggle, uh, <laughs> double eyebrow super wag, and Riker has to be the one who gets the point of view shot on this because he's like, "Oh." I haven't seen that look on the captain's face in a long time. Not since I give him the fuck statue. (laughs) (laughs) And I, Riker, don't get jealous about other people's fuck situations. Oh, no. I just, I'm basically Johnny Fuckleseed. (laughs) I am the fuck door here to open for you. (laughs) By the way, if you're done drawing a picture of Rin Tin Tin as a hot human, I am also commissioning a Johnny Fuckleseed. Uh, also, he's your fuckleberry. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, where do, where do you think you get fuckleberry seeds? <laughs> Smurfs? I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, the gummy bears. <laughs> anyway, he is like uh-huh. fucklebears, <laughs> fucking here and there and everywhere. This has gone too far. The rails. <laughs> Big ol' penis bouncing everywhere. <laughs> they are the fuck old bears. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. It's the end of the show. I, a, I'm, uh, I'm done. We're drawing near. So yeah. Yeah, Riker's basically like, oh, I sense ribaldry. <laughs> Someone's getting their their play on. Good for you, <laughs> Captain. Go, go Mac on Storm. <laughs> it's interdimensional bonings like these that are why I got into Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> this is why I keep refusing captain si- ships on other ships. <laughs> There's so much less interdimensional boning on other ships. Right? I gotta be on the flagship. That's where all the freaky shit goes down. <laughs> if I was on the Pegasus, I never would have gotten to fuck Mark Twain. <laughs> Which I did. <laughs> <laughs> and do. Well, there you go. And that's where it ends. Uh, we, we are leading into a sexy conversation between Picard and Storm. Yay. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Now, that's all the information we have for these chapters. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you'd like a little more, maybe a little background information about some of the stuff that's been going on or a little context. Mm-hmm. You might want to check out our bonus content. Our bonus content is a great way to get more content every month. That's right. And all you got to do is give us two bucks to get this bonus content. Two bucks, usually twice a month, if I'm honest. It's about a $4 pledge, realistically. Yeah, so go on over to patreon.com slash system mastery. Support us there, and we are about to dive deep into the pools of radiance that are... Mithranor. (laughs) Indeed. Mm. Uh, yeah, we're gonna make we're using memory beta and memory alpha, which and is the two Star Trek the wikis, Marvel database and the Marvel database to find fun stories about the characters we're reading about today and their associates and accomplices and what have you. Uh, <laughs> their <and> accomplices, <laughs> uh, AKA Wolverine's accomplice, the robot Wolverine. <laughs> Although I think they were actually foes. Yeah, well, robot Wolverine actually has a name. Yeah, it's like charlie or something stupid like that yeah it's uh god now i can't remember it it starts with an a yeah it does alvin yeah alvin 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 that's his name so if you want to get those get further content and further information we do bonus episodes every week 
when we do Expounded Universe episodes, and you can find those by going to patreon.com slash systemmastery and pledging at the $2 level. Thank you so much for joining us here once again for Expounded Universe. Yes, indeed. And until next week, I've been Barnell Bohusk. And I don't know who that is. That's Beak. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> It'll be funny next week. 